everyone. Welcome to the Worship Artistry Podcast. You might have thought we were gone, but we are not. We just got so busy getting our Christmas stuff out that we didn't have a podcast last week. So with me, as always, is Mr. Daniel Ornelas. What's up, man? Dude, you had to raise me from the dead for this one. We, we did so much work last week. It was unbelievable. <laughs> I know. It was, it, was, it, was, it was brutal. It was brutal. It was worth it, though. I think it was worth it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This has been a fantastic week with regards to Christmas. Uh, today, I was busy working on a project in my house here, and my wife actually came in and said, hey, we haven't put up the Christmas lights. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's true, first of all. And she said, it's almost Christmas, and your son keeps saying, we don't have any Christmas lights up. So I figured, man, I, I don't want to grinch it out. So I went and put down my whole project that I'm doing inside our house, of working on the ceiling, went outside, and then I hung out all the normal Christmas lights. And then my wife walked out with, a string of 50,000 lights and said, can we just do this around the perimeter of the house? <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, so while I'm out here and I have a ladder, you know, that's, anyway. That's amazing. <laughs> and it's not warm outside, but I was so angry that I stayed immaculately warm. <laughs> Man, I'm, a, I'm, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I had, I had, we did almost the exact opposite this year because, like, we were setting up my, we were setting up our, our Christmas tree, and it was the first, first year that, like, my oldest son, he's 14 now, you know, just was fully just like, I don't like to do this. Like, he was like having Napoleon dynamite in our house all of a sudden. Yeah. And just like, I don't, I don't like decorating the tree. Ugh. You know, but fortunately, my, my youngest was still, was still totally into it. Like, I don't know if your kids do this, but when one of them goes one way, the other one goes the total opposite way. Oh yeah, so totally. you just, which is great because then you just love them more. You just choose which one you love the most in that moment, and you do that. <laughs> That's what you're supposed to do as a parent, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and it's and then with the lights, we did the opposite thing. Every year, I normally I'm up on the ladder and I go and I just do this this like peak uh, on our house, and uh, and uh, or it's like it's like it's like just basically an entry. We have like a small little porch. And, yeah. and I'm sitting there, I'm just like, oh, okay, I got to go do this now. All right. And my wife's just like, why don't you just hang it around the bottom of the porch right there? Like, just hang the icicle things right there. That'd be way easier. And like, and there's already like hooks for like hanging baskets and stuff. So it literally <laughs> took me five minutes to hang our Christmas lights. And I was like, why have I done this the other way every year? This is just fine. It's like the same awesome. amount of Christmas love. Oh, that's awesome. That's perfect. You didn't have to discover it when you were actually too old to get up there. You just found it early. Yes, it's like, well, now I know what I'm going to be doing for sure. That's awesome. It's like, you guys don't want don't want a heavy Christmas? Well, here, good, here you go. Here's another classic little Christmas story. So my wife, we, we normally buy a real tree, but our two cats live in the tree while, the, while we have it. And so it gets shredded. By the time Christmas Day comes, it looks like it looks like a, a grape stalk that we pulled out of the, the refrigerator that had all the grapes eaten off it. <laughs> <laughs> and so eventually, I said, you know, we, so, and we have all our friends coming to our house for Christmas uh, Day. So so we thought, well, what are we going to do? So Sam said, well, we can borrow Brenton Brown's amazing snow Christmas tree, the fake one, but it's got all the snow all over. It looks amazing. So I thought, okay, cool. So I set that up. Then. We came home and our cats were inside that fake tree <laughs> and it looked like it had snowed on the ground because they had been ripping the snow to shreds. So I went and bought a real tree and put it upstairs in the bonus room hoping that they would then move to the real tree. Now they've just eaten both trees <laughs> <laughs> and they just continue to just, it's amazing. 
it's an amazing thing. It's like that old, uh, there was a, there was an old Disney cartoon that they would play every year right before Mickey's Christmas Carol, and it would have Chip and Dale, and they would be running around. And I remember as a kid thinking it was so cool because the, the point of view was the inside of the Christmas tree. So oh, well, and it yeah. just seemed this like magical wonderland of these chipmunks running around and it's like this giant house and the dogs try and attack him and you know the dog, <laughs> the dog ends up ruining the tree. It's a it's, it's a uh, whole mess <laughs> as you can imagine. Those rascals Chip and Dale. Oh yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah, what a what a good time Christmas. I love it. Well, it's uh it's just fittingly that we're coming up on on the Advent week of joy and uh that we yes. can start off with some good good funny stories. Well, man, I have to tell you, you know it's been it's been a really different season than we normally mm-hmm. do in terms of the podcast. You know, we yeah. kind of kept a chill on the artists, and I kind of wanted to just reflect a little bit because I really do think Advent is a time of reflection. I want to just reflect on just some of those the moments that maybe challenged you the most, challenged me the most, and uh, that and like like some things that we took away from this season. Um, I'll go. I'll, I'll go first. I one of my favorite ones. Was uh was with Anastasia Fomenko, she was um if you remember she was talking about just mentoring young musicians and I think right now, in in my world and I don't know if this is the same way for everybody else but like my worship team I'm training up a bunch of new people, because I've got because a bunch of my people have moved away like over the pandemic it just you know life changes for a lot of people and all of a sudden, all my go to musicians are gone and I have all these new ones coming in. And so really thinking about ways to, to mentor them. I loved how she talked about having a culture of growth and, and what that really looks like. You know, she's specifically focused on, on, on having a place where it's like, you didn't expect perfection. You actually had room to fail. And at the same time, creating a culture where people were willing to have honest feedback and actually go and seek out honest feedback. You know, it's, I want to see that from my players. I want that for myself. And so, so just kind of thinking about like permissioning them to say, you know, to, to be honest, I, I, I can sometimes I know, like, I know I, when I was teaching guitar, like in private lessons, you know, I was always wanting to be encouraging. That's, I think that's really good. I was the opposite of the whiplash teacher. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. I I never threw a symbol at anyone's head. I, uh, (laughs) but at the same time, I remember that movie challenged me to challenge more. And to not just say like, oh, okay, good job. Like my job as a teacher is not just to show you what to do. It's also to help you and critique you and help you grow because it actually feels way better to grow and become more confident. And so I just, I just loved her whole discussion on that. I, I'm, I was actually thinking about going through and listening to it again. How about you? Yeah, man, Jason, for me, uh, Ron Pye's uh, podcast was really awesome. I felt like it's, it's, it's also, you know, to do with mentoring, but at the same time he was, Speaking about challenging, you know, challenging musicians not just to, to kind of show up and, and stay stagnant and play, you know, kind of just get by, but actually challenge yourself to become a better player, challenge yourself to actually, you know, just be a lot better without putting that kind of intense pressure on yourself. But I, you know, I remember when I was growing up, um, I, before I got married, my my mission to get really good was so that I could impress people. Maybe I'd find a wife. <laughs> If I played really good, yeah, I did. <laughs> if I played really good bass, and then I, I remember the day that I finished playing, you know, that after I got married, I came back from honeymoon, and I and I went, why am I still up here on stage? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not super, con- not exactly that, but similar to that, uh, it was like a little bit of like, hey, if you you know, once you're married and you settle down, there's not that drive sometimes to just get 
better and better. And a lot of church musicians are, are guys that are kind of just volunteer guys that are, you know, married guys and at home. And just, it's, it's, it's a little thing that you go and do on once, once or twice a week at weekend warriors. But that idea that we can actually get better at what we're doing, uh, is, is that Ron runs the way he put it made a lot of sense to me. And I thought it was awesome. Well, and, and challenging musically. I think a lot of times people think that what we want to do is just make everything simple for everybody, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Worship songs have a tendency to have a very similar vibe. And so being able to actually push for creativity, like creativity feels good. Everyone Mm -hmm. plays music because they enjoy being creative. It's not, just to reproduce something right mm-hmm. and so Absolutely. you know with our tutorials we're like yes this is how the song goes and then our hope is now you take it and make it your own right and we mm-hmm. hand it off and say like okay now that you know everything that you don't know now you can go yes. and make it something good and if you don't take it to that next step and if you're not challenged to take it to that next step you really rob yourself you rob yourself of joy no totally yeah and i remember when i went to a church to do a, uh, like a um in South Africa, actually, I went to do like a conference for them, just do like a music workshop day for them. Uh, and I remember them getting to a part of the song where the drummer and the bass player had rehearsed this little section that they really played together. And that was like a like a whole little riff thing that they did together. And I just remember them smiling like crazy after they pulled it off and looking at me like, hey, what did you think of that? And I was like, <laughs> man, it's so cool because it, it, it just kind of like it's, it creates a moment and it's it's not just your moment as a player but it's a moment as a band where you go let's do this thing and everybody does it together and when you pull it off and it sounds great it just makes it that much more fun uh, and it's just that you know that's what it should be it should be it should be fun um, and when people are having fun on stage and it's easy for people to relax in the audience uh, and and just feel feel chilled and able to do you know able to worship absolutely well I you know I'll tell you I love being challenged uh, I know one thing that is challenging me right now is I've been reading Scott Erickson's book, Honest Advent. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with him at all. He's a he's an excellent artist. He's an artist. He's a speaker. He's a writer. Um, and my, my wife picked up this book and we've been doing it. And if you don't have it, just go on Amazon and buy it like right now. Just go buy it because it is it is so good. We've actually been taking it, kind of building it into our evenings where we like after dinner, we just sit down and my kids are super squirmy and they don't want to do it, but we take three deep breaths and then we just go through a reading in this honest advent. And man, it is, it cuts you to the bone. Like it's every section is just so human. And so, um, it just, it just drives to all these deep things. And it kind of, the idea is he's, he's talking about like, okay, Jesus came in a manger, but what is the spirit doing today? And he has all these stories and everyone has a piece of art that you can kind of just sit there and like look at. And they're all, I mean, some of them you're just like, what? You can sit there and stare at forever and then go into, into a reading. And um, like, here's one, one of my favorite quotes. I'll just read this right from the book. Who we are is deeper than where we find ourselves in this moment. And Jesus illuminates that deeper identity. And he just talks all about like what the light of the world is and how he like illuminates this part of us that can't be taken away. And literally every single one of these I've gone through, I just sit with it and I'm just like, why is this meeting me right where I am right now today? It's, it's unbelievable. So it's once again, it's called honest advent. It's by Scott Erickson. It says awakening to the wonder of God with us then here and now. Fantastic. I'm going to go buy it right now. Do it. What's uh, What's been challenging you lately? You know, I've done, as you know, I've been working like crazy hours um, and just doing, so, just chasing my tail, trying to get stuff done before, um, at, towards the end of this year. Uh, and, you know, at, at the end of this year, I kind of 
finished up this work that I was doing for State Farm, which was like crazy 12 hours a day, seven days a week, and doing all the Christmas songs and everything on top of that. So we, I was unbelievable. But I ended up at a point where it's all of a sudden everything just stopped dead. And uh, and then I just uh, the next day I woke up and I was like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I have to do something. I got to because I'd finished my deployment and the Christmas songs were all done. And then I had nothing to do the next day. And I was like, There's, this is not possible. There has to be a <laughs> bunch of stuff for me to do. And uh, being able to to actually force myself to stop and go, it's not. It's very healthy to take a day where you don't have a bunch of things that you have to do and you know and a full a full stacked agenda of things that you have to do so to force myself to stop completely was really hard um but it was it was very rewarding to just to take i went and stayed actually at brenton and brenton brown's house is they'd moved they'd gone back to south africa i went and stayed there for three days because uh, their little dog had to be taken long story but they had to take him to the <laughs> what do you call him one of those the vet like no, not the yeah. I had to take him to get shots, and then the 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 kennel wouldn't take him till he'd had his shots for three days. So <laughs> I, I ended up. I, I'm glad you said shots and not shot. I had to take him to get <laughs> yeah. shot. <laughs> yeah, I had to take their dog out the back, and I shot him. <laughs> That's how we Buried do in Nashville. In yeah. <laughs> anyway, long story short, but I ended up. It was a perfect timing because I ended up being able to be alone there uh, with myself, uh, and that's not usually my favorite thing it's, i almost start immediately trying to phone people and find people to hang out with uh but but the reality is that when i do spend time on my own and and get to read and get to you know uh you know read read a good book or something like that and just just chill out it's actually amazing how it energizes me because i'm 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 a full extrovert and so i love being around a lot of people uh, but it's what actually really fills me up at the same time is when I force myself to be alone. Uh, and, you know, the opposite is for Brenton Brown. He's a good buddy of mine, like I said. And we'll go out together to a venue, an event or something, and everybody wants to hang out with us afterwards. And I'll say, come with us. And he'll go, no, no, I'm going to just go back to my room. Uh, and then every now and again, I'll force him to come. And then he has the best time of his life. <laughs> well, you know, it's just he loves it so much, but it's not his go-to. His go-to would be, no, I want to be alone. I want to chill. I want to just be, because he's an introvert. But it's also recharges him totally every now and again to just do the opposite of what, how he's wired. So for me, it's just been challenging to get that that piece to be able to say, I'm I'm okay with not doing something today. It's not a wasted day if you don't do anything other than just relax and read and reflect and think. Uh, yeah, so that that's the thing. I, I was in work mode so radically that it, I felt like it was wrong if I wasn't working for some reason. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah, oh yeah, I I, I understand how that can feel. Yeah, uh, it's it's it is really interesting, especially you know you're talking about uh, Brenton and and being introverted that way. I've been I've been noticing at church, just as we you know we were gone for so long, right? And how mm -hmm. important it is for people to remember to flex their social muscles. Because it's gotten so, we've all gone so so inward. It's easy to get just kind of like oh, I don't feel like going out. Like I just got used to that, right? And once yeah. and same thing. So even people who are more extroverted, I'm I'm finding are still kind of like I don't remember what to do. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like, yeah. It's almost totally. like when like when he, if you've ever tried to talk to a kid on the phone, it's the most <laughs> confusing thing in all the world for them. They have no idea what to do. They're just like, <laughs> like hello, and like hello. You like ask them a yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. There's no rhythm. They're just like I've never done this before, and I feel like we kind of just in the it, in the body of Christ and just socially and everything really just need to do that is to like really stretch those social muscles and uh, and and reap the reward of it. And I know for me, just how important that's been because there are moments where I have to force it. But oh my gosh, like 
it's, it's funny. I was at church and church just gives me life. I have a lot of work to do. I'm always leading worship. I'm always there early. I'm the last one there usually. And even though it takes up a bunch of my day, like it's still just so life-giving. I'm just like, this is a million times better than sleeping in. And so just kind of stepping out there and, and taking a shot is, is, is awesome. Very cool, man. It's funny because, you know, with, with social media, it should be called anti-social media <laughs> because it's, it's actually, if you just sit very quietly and, and just, you feel like you're taking in so much stuff and it's so much, and a lot of it's, you know, your friends or people that you know, and you're recognizing what they're up to. So it's like having a very quick conversation with everybody in one go and saying, what are you guys up to? And looking through photos and seeing what your friends have done and but that's not really engaging another human being. It's it's just almost like looking in. And so to be social with someone is to actually to have an interaction. And so when you have an actual physical interaction where they ask you something and you respond, uh, that's being social. But social media is called social media, but it's it's almost like you get what I mean. Oh, no, no so, I know exactly uh, what you mean. So I feel like during, like you said, during this time of, uh, of, of COVID and all that, our devices became like a sanctuary almost to be able to say, oh, I can go and just chill out and look through tons of this. And then next thing you know, you've, you've spent two hours scrolling through, through your friends' feeds and Instagram. Then you move to Facebook, see what everybody's up to. And it just feels to me like, like um, it just, it's, not, it's not healthy to, to live like that because then you develop a habit. And then even when we hang out with people, I've noticed some of my friends – just sitting there scrolling while I'm talking to them. I'm like, Hey buddy, <laughs> I'm right here. I'm a human. Uh, and I'm, I mean, I'm probably do the same thing to some degree. You know, I just, it, it's just so easy to see, to just become, a, it becomes a habit that you just feel like you, you just pick up your phone. For sure. Um, well, yeah. And, yeah. And kids, especially is, is funny. One of my, one of my, what are like one of my greatest moments in my life? Like one of the best things I've ever done was my wife and I had been away and I might've told you this. I, my wife and I were away on like a, a little, just, couples weekend just the two of us and we were out in friday harbor out on the islands and we we came back and we're driving through like oh let's let's just grab a starbucks real quick and we go in and i'm just sitting there looking like there's this these two high schoolers they're clearly like going to a dance or have just come from a dance she's Mm -hmm. beautiful all dressed up and this guy you know it's already one of those like dude she's so out of your league how did you end up here you know (laughs) and he's just she's like just sitting there and he's like on his phone just scrolling and so, and I couldn't handle, I couldn't handle it. I walked, I walked up and I just like tapped him on the shoulder and I'm like, Hey, she's right there. And, and she like kind of gave me this big smile and he kind of put his <laughs> phone away. And, I was like, oh. and it was, and then it's funny. Cause as I'm walking out, this guy behind me is like, Hey, did you tell that idiot to get off his phone? I've been watching it forever. It's <laughs> awesome. That's amazing. I, like, I feel like a hero right now. Yeah. <laughs> and you should call yourself. Social media man, like Superman. <laughs> <laughs> you just, oh, oh, there's a kid, Mr. The Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, oh, that's awesome. Well, uh, I thought I would, uh, I'd close this with this. You know, in the busyness of the season, just getting some nice quiet time. I, uh, I, I, I was actually, you know, I was thinking about. I've like got most of my Christmas shopping done. I had a few other things. That I, that I need to take care of. Um, but I was going to talk about actually one of my favorite things that I have, that I have found this year was this tiny little pedal called a Moore a seven. It's M O O E R a seven. And it's this, as a guitar player, you know, there's like, there's those, 
incredibly expensive reverb pedals out there. Like I think of the, uh, mm-hmm. the you know, all the all the worship guitarists. They're all about the blue sky reverb. Got to get that yeah. that Strymon blue sky. It's like three hundred something dollars. It's a big thing on your board. And I was like, I kind of need that, but I need it to not be that big and or that expensive. And yes. I found this little tiny like, I mean, it fits. It would fit on my mouse on like my computer mouse. It's super tiny. It's one of those micro pedals. It's called a Moore A7. It's all ambient reverbs. It has seven different kinds. It's got the shimmer. It's got, and it's just like something I add to a lot of other things. So it's become kind of an always on, oh, for this one, I'm going to bring that. I used it a ton on the Christmas record uh, that we did, which you can which you can now listen to on Apple and Spotify. It sounds fantastic. It does. Please go do it. Go do it. Get those, get those listens up. You know, like in the beginning when you put something on and it's always like less than a thousand, you're like, let's get over the thousand mark. Come on. <laughs> yeah, come on, guys. <laughs> uh, so go listen to those. They're at, you can just look up Worship Artistry on Spotify or Apple Music. But anyway... Uh, you know, I love this pedal. I thought it was such a great value. It's something that kind of, it could go in a stocking, but it's like at a price point that you might actually be able to spend on somebody else. And so uh, to close this out, I grabbed my electric guitar and I played a nice little rendition of Silent Night with the only effect being on it is this Moore A7. So Daniel, it has been a great season. Yes, it sure has. I'm excited. I'm excited for some rest. We've got a lot of things coming up in the new year. I'm super stoked about it. Guys, check out Worship Artistry Simple Christmas Carols. Go check this out. You remember, you can go learn those songs for free over at worshipartistry.com slash Christmas. And uh, just, we just, I just encourage you, really embrace the season. Dive in. Check out Scott Erickson's Honest, Od- Honest Advent. Honest Advent. <laughs> said that like huh. Daniel. I thought you were going to say Honest Oddballs. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be you. Honest, yes. <laughs> Honest Advent. Check that out. And, uh, We'll see you next year.